You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Their series is about Jesus redefining certain concepts, certain ideas, certain things that we know already, but Jesus, during His preaching on the Mount, have been redefining it based on what the Bible says. And as we end this, He's actually redefining the word money. This was an, a huge contrast of people who have a lot of money and people who don't have any money. But the thing about money, and actually preparing for this topic, I was kind of cringing a little bit because money is such a sensitive issue to a lot of people. And for the church to talk about money, a lot of people will say, Eto na naman, pera na naman ang pag-uusapan, kayo talaga mga christian kayo. Let me just address that a little bit before we proceed to the, to the word. Some of the biggest elevation of life from people who are suffering that other people were able to help them, it was because of money. But at the same time, some of the biggest injustices in the world, the biggest corruption, the biggest selfishness the world has ever seen has something also to do with money. How can such an item, how can such a thing do something that is so good and extremely bad at the same time? In Matthew 6, 19, it says here, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And last verse, no one can serve two masters. Why don't we all read this together? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one, the other. You cannot serve and money. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, for your spirit to open up our ears and open up our eyes. God, let your word just be embedded in our hearts. Let us understand what it is that you really want to pour in into, this, and into your children here in this place. We thank you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Here we go. We're going to talk about money and how Jesus addressed it. Now, based from the text you've just read, it looks like Jesus hated money. It looks like he is against having wealth or owning anything. He, it looks like from the text that we're reading that if someone is not poor, he's not living a holy life. That's not true. In fact, the entire world, when they talk about holy living, it's usually about poverty. People who would live in the mountains, the different religions that we would see, a holy man is someone who would never take a bath, who would never acquire anything. The thing about this, when we talk about this particular topic, God is not against money. There is a very big reason why Jesus tackled this topic head on. He really went for it. At the last part of the Sermon on the Mount, he just started addressing, by the way, let me talk about money. That's what Jesus was saying. But Jesus is not against money. Not at all. As we dig in through this text this evening. In fact, he wants to make you rich. If I stand here, 
and you take a picture of me and then you post this in Instagram, I'm sure a lot of people would say, all right, Pastor Edre is a prosperity gospel preacher. I'm not. I'll explain why and why I believe this is true. It's because the reason why we have prosperity gospel preachers, for those of you who are not aware, prosperity gospel preachers are the ones that are saying, you know what, God is going to bless you. You're, you know, when, you, when you have Jesus Christ, your life will be blessed the whole time. That is true in a sense, but what makes that prosperity gospel is because we have failed to understand what the word rich really means. Because the world has so many definitions of what rich is. We're going to be digging into this word in a bit. We're going to understand when we say rich or blessed in the biblical context, we're not necessarily talking about the things that we think it is. In fact, let me say this statement right here, right now. The word rich is not what we think it is. It's not what we think it means. But what it really means is far better. Than, one we th- than what we think it is, than what we think it means. Rich. Now let's proceed. Let's continue looking into this text and really try understanding why Jesus would bring this topic up. Matthew six nineteen it says here, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Just a little clarification on these texts. I love that it says here, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we talk about the heart here before I proceed, we're not necessarily talking about love. Okay? The heart in this text talks about our entire being, our core who we are as a person. So if we rephrase that, for where our core, our identity, our joy, our whole being is, or for where our treasure is, there your core and your being and your joy will be also. So the very first thing that Jesus was addressing when we talk about money, he was mentioning about the treasures will moth and rust destroy. In the ancient world, when we talk about wealth, um, they would measure wealth on three things. Okay? They would measure uh, wealth based on what a person would wear. They would measure it on the person's food supply or food storage or their source of food. That's why we have so many different delicacies now. There are certain fo- foods in certain civilizations where these certain foods are for the poor. These certain foods are for the rich. So they measure it based on what you eat. If you eat certain kinds of food, oh, okay, you're wealthy. So clothing, food supplies, and if you have precious metals or jewels, if you have certain jewelries, certain kinds of jewelries or metals that you wear on your body, they measure your wealth based on that because that's the world. Because in the world, when we talk about rich, that's what it means. That's why when you hear a pastor say, God wants to make you rich, and this is the picture that we have in our heads. We are in trouble. We are definitely in trouble. Because the Bible says, if we lay up our treasures here on earth, where moth and rust destroy, he even talks about things being stolen. 
He was addressing something. Jesus was definitely addressing something. Now, let, let me clarify this. If you, if you are living this kind of lifestyle, I mean, thank God. You're not a bad person. Please don't feel bad. Don't, please don't give that away and then start living somewhere else where you don't have anything. Um, that's not the point. I'm not saying this is bad. We're just saying that people have started putting their entire identity entire joy, entire happiness to achieve this. It's when we start doing that and we start thinking, aligning our lives towards this, that's when Jesus is addressing, hey, hold on. The things that we see, moth and rust destroy. I'll give you an example. Obviously, with with the very obvious things, things get perished, things whatever. But I remember when I was in high school, I had a phone that made me so popular in school because it was the it thing. Very few students had that phone during that time. What I had was what you used to call Nokia 3210. <laughs> I was the guy because my phone doesn't have an antenna and I can make tones there and I have the latest snake game. I was cool with Nokia 3210. I saved up for it. I took my allowance. I didn't eat. I saved up money until the day I can finally go to a Nokia store and say, let me buy a Nokia 3210. And it was given to me. I opened up the box and it was the most glorious day of my life. (laughs) But after two months, a classmate came in and he said, Edre, I have Nokia 3310. So I had to save money again. I had to not eat again because my classmate has Nokia 3310. And so I went to the store to buy Nokia 3310 and voila, I am again the most popular kid in school, even though I wasn't the first one. Then lo and behold, a classmate of mine, a few months after, came in and said, Edre, I have colored screens. This doesn't end. Things get replaced. Things get phased out. I mean, I have probably placed so much of my identity then that I'd be so confident going to school. I'd show up and I'd flash my Nokia whatever in front of everyone only to find out that something, someone has a better phone, has the latest model. And then I'd look at myself and I'd say, Oh man, I am so poor. I live such a bad life. What happened to me? This is so unfair. God, why did you give me Nokia 3210? But a few months ago, I was happy about it. The problem with putting our core, our entire being, our whole identity with the treasures here on earth trying to look like this. I will study hard so that I will get medals, so that I will be hired in the best companies or in, the, in, in, in nations, so that someday I will earn enough to be like this. That's not necessarily a bad dream, but if my entire life has been a motivation to look like this, I'm in trouble because the moment something happens that I started seeing that moth and rust and thieves takes away everything that I have and I couldn't get there anymore, that's when sadness and depression, that's when I started looking at my life and saying, I hate my life because I couldn't get there. That's why Jesus is saying, stop 
Just stop. Stop storing your treasures where moth and rust will destroy. It's not because he's a killjoy. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless us, but he knew that if our life is just based on that, it's just based on achievements, it's, a, it's based on, on the salary that we receive, it's, the, it's based on the kind of house we live in, it's based on the kind of clothes that we have, it's based on the, and on the gadgets that we have, then because these things get replaced so easily. It's such a tiring life. Just tiring we work and work and work and work and work. We want to save up for our new house. That's great if you are. That's great if you're investing in something. That is an awesome thing. We encourage everyone to do that. We are actually investing somewhere as well. But if my entire life is just that, ah, the moment floods come, the moment crisis happens, the moment recession happens, the moment thieves come in and start stealing everything that we have, we're out. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to be. Don't put your treasures there. Put your treasures in heaven. What does that mean? I was looking at that. I'm like, Lord, what, is, what do you mean? How do I put my treasures in heaven? We'll, we'll try to answer that in a little bit. Let's continue. Matthew 6, 22-23. The eyes is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? What gets our attention? What makes us light up? I mean, of course, when you see her or him, you light up. Fine, I get that. I'm talking about possessions or dreams that when we see it we light up I was um, driving earlier to Fort Bonifacio and on the skyway I was on my speed limit I was on the speed limit I'm not breaking the law I'm on the speed limit and then all of a sudden here comes this like 10 consecutive cars like just really going so fast and I started seeing oh man I was seeing a Lamborghini, I was seeing a Lexus, a Maserati. I'm like, (gasps) I started lighting up. My eyes started lighting up. Somewhere there, I started looking at my own car. I mean, it's not bad, it's a good car. I look at my car, I'm like, Lord, why do they have those cars? I mean, I'm following the law, Lord. For a moment, they got my attention. Now, when we talk about eyes in this verse, the eye of the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. During the time of Judea, they have what they call a good eye and an evil eye. It's a very, very basic description of a good eye is a person who sees things and decides to be generous. I see this, I see a problem, I see an issue, how can I help? Here's what I have. An evil eye is someone who sees things and say, what can I get out of this? How can I collect this? How can I keep this? How can I not make this stop from flowing into my life? An evil eye is an eye that decides to say, I see that, I want that, I will have that. I don't care what I do. I don't care what it takes for me. I see something I like, 
I'm going to have it. Jesus is saying, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light in you is darkness. How great is the darkness? Three things together. The way we view money, the way we value money, and the way we use money can determine our spiritual condition. Money is an amazing tool. As I've mentioned, money can alleviate people who are in distress, people who need help, can help economies, can help improve people's lives. At the same time, it can cause some of the biggest injustices the world has ever seen. Using one tool, money. Money is a tool. And money is just a tool to amplify things that are happening in, in us already. So, if a person is generous, even when he doesn't have anything, if a person would choose to say, you know what, I may not have anything now, but I want to help someone. I want to I wanna go to this person. I know you're going through something, and I heard from God that, you know, you need, you, you need help. This is all I have. But a person who's like that, when you put in money, it amplifies the generosity even more. But a person who, without anything, people like, they would, see, they would see people who have money and they would look at themselves, oh man, I don't have anything. Well, you guys ought to treat me because I don't have anything. And it's your obligation that when we hang out, you have to pay for all of my expenses. That can't, maybe we're not saying that, but when we start living like that, once money comes in, that gets amplified even more. Basically, what money does is this. It reveals character in us. And the reason why when we talk about money, it's kind of sometimes, usually, most of the time, it's hard to, I want to do the right thing, but money is involved. That's when things get a bit confusing for us. It's because of this word. It's because of this word. Mine. Here's why this is difficult. All need to teach kids to be generous, right? It's not an automatic thing. But it is very automatic for a kid to say, hey, that's mine. Hey, you know, you have to share. Yeah, but this is mine. I can't fault kids to be like that because that's their wiring. That's our wiring when we were growing up. Our parents have to teach us to say, you know, you need to share. You need to be generous. You need to give. We all need to, be, to hear it first because our hearts, more than anything, because of our sinful nature, is wired to keep saying, I need what's mine. My priorities have to go first. My needs have to go first. That's our sinful nature speaking up. That's our sinful nature acting out. That, and I'm saying that because that's all of us. Even in marriage. I mean, I am, I, I, I've been a Christian for, for, for so long. But once in a while, and, all, and especially in marriage, I would see this thing come out where if, if me and my wife would start fighting, it's usually because I feel like, you know, my rights, my preferences was overlooked. So the fight would start happening. Why? Because the default is mine. And a person who likes to think of mine, you put money there, we're in trouble. Good eye, evil eye. And Jesus is addressing that head on. Mine. Why are we like this in the first place? This is all of us. I'm not saying some people, some are not. 
maybe on different levels, but you remove everything when it comes to our most basic form, our sinful nature, this is what's going to be found out. This is all brewing in our hearts. Mine. This is how our trouble started in the first place. Adam and Eve living in paradise already. Eve saw this tree and said, hmm, it looks good. No, but I'm not allowed to eat there. And then someone whispered to her, why don't you taste it? Satisfy your craving. Go for it. And she said, hmm, I'd like to get what's mine. She went for it. And then the guy who Eve blamed because the guy wasn't leading said, "Uh, all right, now God's going to be angry. It's not my fault. I need my reputation in front of, you know, I need my reputation to be good. So it's not my fault. It's her fault. And here we are, all of us. Sin started getting passed on. Mine. We continue. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. We cannot serve God and money. In other translations, that's God and mammon. Mammon is a worship of money. In other words, when we start treating money as a God, and we can say, you know, but that's not me. I don't do that. But I've mentioned, once we start living that word, mine, the word money becomes a God. Jesus was addressing this. Our devotion. You see, if money is the God of your life, you are not rich. We are not rich at all. Maybe some some of you are saying, maybe those are some things that poor people would say. I'm like, I'm sorry, okay. I was talking to several international students, amazing people. Uh, We we reached out uh, in in Akasha, um, international students here in this area and in Las Piñas. I met this guy who, let me just put it this way. Everything that you want to have in life, he has times 10 or even more. Okay. Think of whatever you want in life. This guy has times 10 or more. Anything you want. Just imagine it. Start having your daydreams right now. Whatever your daydream is, he probably has done that. He has that and even more. A few weeks ago, he started telling me, Pastor Edre, what you don't know is that I've been clinically depressed. And I was like, what? It's not even his fault he's rich. He was born into this. And whatever he has, people have been working hard to get what he has. People have been breaking relationships to get what he has. People have killed for what he has. And even though this guy has everything of that, he still said, it's not enough. There are so many issues that he has to face. And he's asking for help. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying, wow. 
amazing person. But when people started storing treasures in places where moth and rust can destroy, and that's not enough anymore. sad but a reality check because if we start storing it in these places and we start pouring in our entire being into having these things Jesus said it's not going to be enough I tell you I've seen it firsthand then I remembered this guy's asked this guy's getting help don't worry I remembered a few many 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 years ago. I forgot if it's for a rent or for a tuition fee. My parents said, "Adre, we need ten thousand for this." Many years ago, and my dad, being in a job where it, he barely earns anything, said, "But you know what? We're gonna believe." Oh, and behold, that weekend, someone gave him five thousand pesos. That's a blessing, right? Whoa, okay. We need 10,000, 5,000 was given. And he was like, we were all, me and my mom, okay, all right, okay, we have 5,000 now. But my dad said, okay, Lord, we need 10,000. But this is only 5,000. So that means, Lord, this is not mine. We need to give this away. And I'm like, what? What? Are you sure? (laughs) We need 10,000. You have 5,000. No, 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 I'm sure because this is a seed. If I keep this, this will be cursed. But I know someone needs this more than us. What do you mean needs it more than us? No, no, no. Someone needs 5,000. I don't know who it is. So that weekend, he just asked God, gave it to someone, and that person cried. And I'm like, what? We need it. Dad, we need it even more. And that's when I realized, obviously, we're still here. God answered that 10,000. That's when I started reading this verse and I realized I've had a rich dad all along. That is a person who's rich and I want to be like that. A person who understands that because I have a rich father, I may not have the physical thing right now, but because I have, because Jesus has given His life so that I'll have access to God the Father, so that by Jesus dying, I am no longer a servant. I am now called a son or a daughter in God the Father. Then I am rich because my Father is rich. Because the God who created the heavens and the earth is rich. And because Jesus Christ died, then I am rich in Jesus Christ. want to talk about rich a person may have something or nothing but the difference is of a rich person is a person would say God I have something who do you want me to give this to because I know I'm never gonna lack That is a rich person. A person who would say, Lord, we're believing for something now, whether it's rent, whether it's tuition fee, whether it's a bill, whether it's something, and you're saying, God, I know you're big, 
Because in Jesus, Jesus has already done the impossible. This may look impossible now, but Lord God, thank you that I am your son, I am your daughter, and you will never leave me nor forsake me. So I'm just going to stay here. I am not going to I am not going to try and ask other people for money. I'm going to stay here and believe in you and say, Jesus, thank you that it is you who's going to give me the wisdom. It is you who's going to give me the ability to produce wealth. So I'm going to wait here and trust and maybe do something and do what you call me to do that is a rich person a person who saw the video earlier and said wow lives are being changed just by something that i give so that other people will be able to study so that other people's lives will be blessed i may not have a lot but i want to invest in that i want to invest in the lives of those next generation i want to invest in the lives of those young people god i may not have a lot but i'm gonna give this anyway you are rich let me tell you that You are here. And this is what I mean putting your treasures in heaven. When it is the kingdom of God that moves you, when you want to invest in people getting saved, when you want to say, I'm not going to tell anyone, but I'm going to support a campus missionary. I'm going to support a missionary to the world. You are rich. More than anything. Whether you have physical wealth or not. Because bottom line, whatever need you have, in Jesus Christ, you are rich. In Jesus Christ, you are wealthy. In Jesus Christ, there is joy. I may not have anything now, but I am so rich in joy. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have more joy than have a lot of money and I couldn't sleep because I'm worried about so many things. I am rich because I have joy. Come on. And why are we rich? How did we become rich anyway? Because Jesus Christ came down here on earth. Removed the glory of him being a king. Removed his crown and replaced it with the ugliest crown the world has ever produced. Placed it on his head and then took that crown and placed it on you. This is yours. My righteousness is yours. My richness is yours. I'm going to take out your poverty. I'm going to take out your curse. I'm going to take your your sin and your shame and all the most filthy things in your life and I'm going to put it on me so that my glory and my wealth and my joy and my richness will be on you so that when God the Father would look at you, He would see, that is my son, that is my daughter. That person is rich. Why don't we all stand up? among you are rich can you raise up your hands come on in fact I'm going to challenge you before we pray ask God Lord who do you want me to who do you want to bless through me let's start changing our prayers to that Lord bless me I need this if you need something, let's change the prayer. Maybe things are going to turn out differently. Lord, I need something, but who do you want to be blessed through me? Start believing God for that. Start moving in faith for that.
Why don't we worship God right now? decisions sometimes will be based on money versus what you want to do. God, thank you for your forgiveness. And we repent here right now that more than anything, God, Lord, it is for your glory that we live. So give us the ability, God, now that we 
because of your risen up, because you've risen up after three days, and you have, because of your resurrection, God, we have power to overcome, Lord, the word mine. But instead, we're going to look at you and say yours. Not mine, Lord, but yours. And that ability to do that is only from you. So, Lord, we ask that ability to, Lord, overlook the word mine at you first because that's what you did on the cross you gave up what what's yours so that you can give it to us so we thank you we honor you forgive us the ability to trust you even more with our lives in jesus name we pray amen and amen one more prayer as i've mentioned only rich in Jesus. The real meaning of rich. Not the world's meaning of rich, but the real meaning of rich. That only happens through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So as all heads are bowed down, all eyes are closed. If that is you and you want to say, I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you want to welcome him into your heart. At a count of three, I'm not going to ask you to raise up your hand, but I want, can I ask you to put your hand over your chest really quick. One, two, three. Thank you so much for those hands. Thank you very much for those hands. You can put them down now. Why don't you follow me in prayer if you did that? In fact, why don't we all follow them in prayer? Join them in prayer rather. Lord Jesus, we welcome you into our hearts as our Lord, my Savior, from this day on. I no longer rule myself but it is you. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.